This is a HeadGum Original. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Five years ago, Thanos erased half of the population of the universe. But the people of this planet brought everyone back with a snap of a finger. The sudden return of the population provided the necessary energy for the emergence to begin. How long do we have? Seven days. We're Eternals. We came here 7,000 years ago to protect humans from the Deviants. Why didn't you guys help fight Thanos? Or any war, or all the other terrible things throughout history? We were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless Deviants are involved. By who? We need to find the others. I haven't seen some of them for centuries. Hi. Hello. This is what the end of the world looks like. At least we have front row seats. You know what's never saved the planet? Your sarcasm. We have loved these people since the day we arrived. When you love something, you protect it. You can't protect. What's this even made of? Vibranium? Fall Collection. Ikea.
with newcomers. <laughs> We're covering the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is our not, fifth. Uh, what? <laughs> well, I was going to say, not only is it a new episode, it's our final <gasps> episode of the season. Wow, wow, wow. wow. We've yeah. come yeah. so far. We've seen <laughs> so much content. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I like think about Marvel a lot now, and it's upsetting. I know, and I like I've clicked on multiple articles about Marvel stuff to read in my <laughs> spare time. Yes, you sent me one about <laughs> Chris Hemsworth not eating meat before kissing Natalie Portman because she's a vegan, and I wrote back, "Oh my god, that's so sweet," and I genuinely meant it. I thought that was really thoughtful and considerate. Yeah, we love Marvel, I guess. <laughs> it's really weird. I literally have read, there was like a BuzzFeed thing that I was like, I guess I'll read this. Like, I don't even know. Like, I'm just, I'm interested, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think I'm, well, I finished WandaVision. You did? I did. I didn't think I was going to do it. And then there was one night where I was real sleepy and I had taken an ambient and I missed the last 15 minutes and I dreamt about it. I dreamt about not knowing what happened. So then I woke up and like rewatched it because I was like, I gotta know what happened to Wanda. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I think I have to finish Uh, that as well and catch up to you. It's good. And then I was like, maybe I will watch moon man. Uh, (laughs) I know that's not what that's called. I cannot remember, but I know there's a moon and there's white moon night, moon night. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's like dressed like a mummy, so it doesn't really make sense to me. But anyway, we should tell people there's going to be a bonus episode that will be recorded live at Comic-Con that's launching on the 26th. We should just get into it. We're just Let's get into it. We're yeah. talking about Eternals. It came out in 2021, which I thought was a bonus for it because it was so current. Like it was so recently made that I mm-hmm. was more intrigued and interested. Um, it is available with, with a subscription on Disney Plus. You can also watch it for a fee on Amazon, Apple TV Plus, Google Play, and Vudu. Obviously, we're going to spoil the entire film. So if you want to watch it first, do that. Stop, come back, or just listen to the whole <laughs> plot and we'll just tell you everything. <laughs> Um, before we bring out our guest, who we're very excited about, Nicole, what are your thoughts on the film right off the bat? Wow. There were so mm-hmm. many main characters for me to keep track of. And that's not fair. You know, yeah. that's not nice. In the first five minutes, when they're all lined up, I was like, one, two, th- I counted. And there I was, was like, two- we don't know who any of them are. I was like, I how are know, none of these from the thing one. that we've already seen? This is like oh, crazy. I was very yeah. upset. And I got to say, so I, I also watch The Boys. I love The Boys on Amazon. Um, mm. And uh, what's his name? Homelander shoots lasers out of his eyeballs. And so does, uh, oh my Icarus. God. Icarus. I can't believe you know that name. I know. Uh, isn't that cool? <laughs> <laughs> and he does too. And then I was like... Ah, he's just as bad as Homelander. I was like, this is too similar. It's too similar. Oh, yeah. I guess there's only so many superhero thingies you can do. Sometimes the laser focus was really in- intense. Like when he was yes. just like, nah. like I was picturing the actor without the lasers, like just like, <laughs> uh, but I I did kind of, I was like into this movie for a while and then mm-hmm. I got less into it. But I thought the beginning was, it really had me hooked and I liked all the London stuff. I thought mm-hmm. that was really fun. Um, we'll get all into the details with our guests. Should we bring our guests out? Ooh, baby, you should do it. You're good at introducing okay. people. Uh, we are so excited for our guest today, Patton Oswalt. Patton is a comedian, actor, and screenwriter that you've seen in pretty much everything you've ever liked. 
but was also in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Marvel's MODOK, which he co-created and starred in. Holy shit. He is also starring in a new film coming out next month called I Love My Dad. He also happens to be in the movie we're all here to talk about today, Eternals, as Pip the Troll, which we were (laughs) excited to see. And the pictures are amazing that we got sent in advance. I was like, I can't wait to see this troll. (laughs) And then when you came out, it was good. I got the picture in the, I will say, I got the picture in the middle of watching and I was kind of glad because I've been like, I was like, when am I going to see the troll? When am I going to see? And I was like, oh, okay, it's coming at the end. I now know it's at the end. Um, we're so excited to to welcome to our show Patton Oswald. Thanks for being Yay. here. Yay! Thank you. Thank for being you here. guys so much for having me. This just I could listen to you guys struggle to describe Marvel <laughs> titles all day. I'm ama- I'm I'm amazed that Nicole didn't call this movie uh, Always Men. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been good. That's a it better title. Been very, very good. Always men. <laughs> they never die. They're always yeah. men. They're always men. <laughs> but yeah, wow. This is Wait. you guys pick. You guys picked a doozy to end on because you're right. This movie. It. This movie gives you. There's very little connection to the Marvel universe. It is all new characters. A whole new realm. They just throw yeah. it at you. Yeah, and then they very quickly explain why these incredible super powered people who have combined are like invincible, why they didn't stop Thanos. They were just like, we couldn't get involved. <laughs> I was like, know. wait, what? I know. What? It was, it shook me. Wait, Patton, so you co-created a Marvel thing. How familiar are you with Marvel? Uh, I'm actually pretty familiar. And I, I know, I mean, you know, since I was a teenager, I've been into comics. So the the Eternals, the Eternals isn't new to me. I was just amazed that they, went that they that they adapted it because it's a very very deep uh uh you know little more difficult uh thing to digest the fact that they went for that was i i was very impressed with it like my they're actually doing this Mm -hmm. you know because jack kirby very famously was like i'm gonna create a whole new universe within the marvel Marvel universe that no one else interacts with and then and i'm gonna just so you know that was his the power of his imagination now you know Trying to make that into a whole new movie was was a whole different task. Yeah. I felt like it should have been split up into two movies or something. Like, a lot oh. fucking happened. Yeah. So much yeah. happened that I was like, wait, now we're here. Now we're here. Selma Hayek, she's supposed to be dead. Oh, that's a flashback? Oh, no. It was, it was a lot. <laughs> a lot of the, yeah, the time jumping threw me yes. for a loop a few times. And mm-hmm. I was, like, trying to keep track of what was going on. when, And I also really wanted to know if that dead body that was um, Salma Hayek was really her laying there or if they, like, just made a fake thing. <laughs> you know that was not Salma Hayek. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's no, no her, way in No, hell. no. She was like, you'll pay me double my quote if you want me to lay down for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although that, I have been, um, I have been a dead body in scenes, uh, and I actually dig it. I love, it, it becomes very yoga-esque where you're just sort of lying there <laughs> being not present while other people have to act around you. It is so oh. relaxing. I love it. I, I don't know if I could in, handle it. I had to be a dead body in Blade Trinity while people, while the camera is like panning over me and I mm-hmm. it, was, it just blissed me out. <laughs> I've only done it once, but it was 
a silly death and I was uh, I was killed, flattened by a barrel of wine. So they had built this like bed <laughs> underneath the floor. So it was not comfortable. <laughs> oh, wasn't it that murder? Something? Yeah, it was uh, Mapleworth murders. With, oh, uh, yeah. That looks so Paula funny. It was so, oh my God, God. so funny. Paula Pell is a friggin' genius. And there's a, yeah. there's a shot <sighs> from Mapleworth murders where I, I don't want to get too graphic, but she, the, the, she has a, Certain sexual aid um, <laughs> a, th- that kind of like vibrates and moves, and then at the end of one of the episodes, they just cut to this city street at night, and this thing is just crawling along, crawling along. on the street. By t- I don't know why that made me laugh. It's so, so hard. funny. Like just imagine the end of an episode of Murder She Wrote, and then suddenly it's just a mechanized dildo. Yeah. Gone oh too soon. Oh god. Oh. Oh. Anyway. Wait, was that CISO? No, that was Quibi. Quibi. Oh, yes. yes. Rest in peace, Quibi. Rest well, in I peace, I kind of forgot about Quibi. That was so Isn't fast. that wild? Quibi's not that old. Quibi came out in 2020. It's gone. That's actually shocking. Well, that was what was so messed up, right? Because it was supposed to be for when you're on the go and literally no one was <laughs> yeah, going Yeah, and then they're like, stay home. <laughs> and Quibi was like, oh, we won't let you watch it on a television. Gather around your phone in your living room. Yeah, yeah. so Quibi, Quibi had to go. And that was the last thing anyone wanted to do was be reminded that I'm literally, because it felt so post-apocalyptic. Like, uh-huh. I'm just, I have just enough power on my phone. I can just watch a little bit, you know. It really felt sort of dire and sad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah poor Quibi. Oh. I'm so sad for Quibi. Wait, uh, okay, Patton, well, I have a question. <laughs> what yeah. is your what is your favorite Marvel property? And wait, what is Maudoc? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Did you just say Maudoc? <laughs> she read the pronunciation that we were given, which is <laughs> Maudoc. As soon as I said it, I was like, that's wrong. Oh god. <laughs> Maudoc. Um Oh. I mean, my favorite Marvel thing is is the Spider Man movies. They've been brilliant. everyone Those, loves Spider Man. Yeah. They're so. I think I do it, too. It's the most relatable. It's the idea that because I think a lot of us. Especially if you're in showbiz, you relate because you remember those years you were struggling, and yet mm-hmm. and you also have all these personal problems. And your mind, you're like, if I could just get rich and famous, if I could just get on a show, all these other problems go away. And then if you do start to make it in showbiz, it doesn't take care of your other problems. It, right. Like you still have to work <laughs> on yourself. So the idea that there's this kid with all these kid problems, and then he's suddenly a superhero, ah. but that doesn't help you. Like everyone can relate to that. Everyone yeah. can, you know. You are and, right. And it's, it's really well done, so. Yeah. yeah. So wait, Lauren, your favorite is Spider-Man? I think it might be. Well, I really liked um, the one that we recently watched, Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Oh, my um, God. Which I know people have mixed reactions to, but I like that I one. think I like that I one, too. I loved it. Yeah. I okay, good. Again, wow. confusing, because they're all like, gotta get home. We didn't have to be home and Far From Home. Like, why are they, why do they do that? <laughs> They're all like homecoming. Yes. Far oh, from that's home. what it was. Right, homecoming. right. It was too home much. away from home. Yeah. I think my favorite one is Doctor Strange. Wow, the first wow. one? Wow. I loved the first one. I've seen it twice now. Like, I watched wow. it again. I, like, really liked it. I think I liked it because uh, of the beginning. of I like the struggle where he was, like, kind of arrogant. And then his little fingers oh, yeah. weren't working. And then he was like, well, I got to figure out my fingies. Um, and then I loved... Uh, Endgame and Infinity War. 
I think it was um, Scott Ackerman who was like, you're going to be very impressed of how they like fold everything in. And I well, was. Well, yeah, we did like that. Yeah, and, that's oh, yeah. boy, yeah. The blip. I was glad they mentioned the blip for a little bit in The Eternals. Yeah. I love that blip. Yeah, the blip was really exciting. I feel like I'm forgetting some of the first ones we watched. Like I liked Ant-Man. Oh, yeah, I liked Ant-Man. Ant-Man was, fin- was terrific. Yeah, he's that a great- That was fun. Yeah. A, a hero who's not exactly a hero who does actually, I mm-hmm. he's struggling just to live a small life with his daughter. That's actually all yeah. he wants. I thought it was yeah. great. And I love Paul Rudd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we liked Thor Ragnarok. Yes, we oh. did. That was the funniest one. Yeah. I'm excited to yeah. see Thor now Thor. What's that one called? <laughs> Thor I don't know. now I don't, Thor? I don't know what this new one's called. Thor now Thor. <laughs> well, Mo- Modoc was a... Modoc was a thing that I developed with my friend Jordan Blum, and he is a a villain, but he is he is this beloved lower tier villain who Jack Kirby clearly created when he was having a bad day. It feels like it was the end of the day, and they went, "We need a we need a new villain really quick. Draw something." And he went, "Screw it!" and just drew this giant head with little arms. Here, he's got a big face, easy to draw. I'm I'm leaving. So the whole character feels like a temper tantrum. It feels like somebody having a nervous breakdown. And he's this guy who, he's Captain America's villain, hates Captain America, hates Iron Man, but also <laughs> hates all the other villains because they don't rank him up with like a Doctor Doom or a Green Goblin. In his mind, he's like, I need to be. So he hates everything. He's just so put out <laughs> and all of his, he wants to conquer the world, but it's for the pettiest reasons. And I, he's almost like the That's opposite fine. of Spider-Man where he got um, with with great power, um, uh, comes great comes, responsibility. Yeah, comes great responsibility. But with him, with great power, um, comes uh, e- even b- greater pettiness. <laughs> I, that sounds fun. I like it. I might watch yeah. it. I'm looking at him right now. I Googled his image and he's a really funny looking character. It's like a head. What is he? A head? <laughs> in a, what is he in? What is he's he? A just, gigantic, he's a gigantic. They did an experiment on a guy. They did an experiment on this janitor named George Tarleton. And they made him super intelligent, but it grew his head gigantic and he can shoot <laughs> beams and control people's thoughts. But the rest of his body is all shrunken and withered. So he sits in this little floating chair. This is funny. And, and it's just, <laughs> again, it was Jack It was Jack Kirby having a bad day. That's all it was. Just so, I love it. Yeah. So Jack Kirby is the person who drew everything and is Stan Lee the person who came up with the ideas? Because I feel like people talk about Stan Lee a lot and- I feel like you're the only person who's really brought up Jack Kirby. Well, Jack Kirby was the guy that created with Stan Lee a lot of these characters. But a lot of these characters he created himself. He was the one that came up with the idea of, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Hulk and Fantastic Four and Captain America. He and another guy, he created Captain America. um, And on the first issue of Captain America, I think it came out in 1941. While we were, I don't think we'd entered the war yet. And on the first cover... Captain America is punching out Hitler. And um, <laughs> at the time, a lot of Americans were like, Hitler's not doing anything wrong. He's just trying to, you know, and they, and there Whoa. were a lot of Nazis. And so a bunch of Nazis showed up at the, in the lobby of the building, you know, send that guy down here. Um, they called up like, hey, we're, we're American Nazis and we're with the American Bund. And, you know, if you, if you have something to say about Hitler, why don't you come down here? And Jack Kirby, who's like, who was like five foot five and shaped like a, fire hydrant was just like, I'm coming down right now. He slammed the phone down and he was coming down and they all fled. And if he had gone wow. down there, he would have murdered everybody. He, he sounds like fun. He was awesome. Yeah, he, Jack Kirby was so, awesome. So 
Why doesn't Jack Kirby get as much recognition as Stan Lee? This is my theory, um, and I don't, I'm not a Stan Lee hater. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby were both sides of a necessary coin. Jack Kirby was the fountain of ideas that just came, you know, and he could just draw and come up with stuff. And um, uh, uh, Stan Lee was the other guy you need. He was the hype man. He was the guy who was willing to do anything possible to push these things, to get them on newsstands. Hype, 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 hype. And so without the one, there isn't the other. It's almost like Mm -hmm. when people who get down on Mick Jagger, it's like, yes, Mick Jagger is a whatever he is, but without Mick Jagger, there's no Rolling Stones. He's the guy who keeps the books, who makes them all rich, who is the reason that Keith Richards can get drunk and, and fall out of a coconut <laughs> tree and survive and be this legend is because Mick Jagger is making sure all the bills are paid. Oh, interesting. So you I need like that, that you about need Mick Jagger. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... I'm learning so much. Yeah, and look, he <laughs> acts like this crazy, you know, da- this dancing, uh, 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 you know, whirlwind. But trust me, he has a degree in economics, I think, from Eton, and he, the, he, he has made those people billionaires because he knows what the hell he's doing. That is awesome. That yeah. is fun. I just wish that I heard more about Jack Kirby. Like, I, like, kind of. Yeah, bums it feels me like out. he's been erased from. Like, I mean, like Stan Lee also has been in every movie up to yeah. his yeah. death, well, which was Jack like, Kirby, yeah, unfortunately passed away. But now there's a lot of mm, like, a, a huge oh. graphic novel just came out about him. I feel like someone will do a biopic because he had a really interesting life. And Eternals <laughs> is just another one of his. Eternals was created at the time. Remember all those books, Chariots of the Gods? Um, it mm. was a huge craze in the 70s where everyone thought that ancient aliens came down and actually seeded humanity and built the pyramids and they're the reason why we advance it all came off of like 2001 and so jack kirby was like i like that idea so his whole thing is the eternals came down and they're the ones who made humanity and superheroes and all this stuff he wanted to make a myth behind the myth that was his whole idea with the eternals massive ideas that again i'm impressed and shocked that marvel (laughs) did that as a movie like we're gonna take the most esoteric crazy massive idea that Jack Kirby ever did. We're going to turn it into a movie. Yeah. Well, that was my favorite element of it was that I was like, is this true? Did this really happen? The (laughs) (laughs) I I took a geology course in college. I don't remember (laughs) Icarus forming the Mariana Trench. (laughs) Patton, you know so much. This is like, I so no, I, I, it seems as such. Well, you honestly, I know a lot though, about you stuff could be lying, matter. and I'd be like, oh. What if I made this whole oh, thing Oh, yeah. Up? Oh, anyone could come on here and tell us anything, and we would never know if it was true or uh-huh. not. That's the fun of the show. <laughs> I'd never double check, and I'd repeat it to someone incorrectly. For sure. Well, the um, other thing that's crazy about your journals is, again, it is the biggest idea in the Marvel Universe, and they gave it to... A, a brilliant filmmaker whose main focus is very small, low-budget human stories. Chloe Zhao, you know, did um, The Rider and Nomadland and Songs My Brothers Taught yeah. Me. Very, very handheld, almost near-documentary-type films. So to go that leap to then, you're doing The Eternals. You're doing <laughs> the, the thing that's even bigger than Endgame. Go! <laughs> Wait, what? 
I you know, know I feel like it is, happens. Doesn't that feel like it happens to a lot of like indie directors where suddenly yeah. they're doing a huge movie and it's like, wow, I like how do you cool. even process the um, the change in what you're doing? Like it seems I so hard. I don't know. I they, feel like they, I'm they, lying, but I think the director of Oh shit! I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's got that man from Top Gun, and then that lady from Big Little Lies. <laughs> Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman. Nope, none of those people. Okay. They're much younger. <laughs> They're much much younger. I think um, that director. It's like Summer or something. Um, I think that director directed oh. the Fantastic Four. Miles oh, Teller. It was Miles, a Miles Teller, Teller yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah, I could be lying. Am I lying? Well, mm-hmm. he did a little. I don't know. He, um, he did a little indie superhero movie called Chronicle that was one of the ah. best super movies ever made. And it was so well done and so well received that they gave him Fantastic Four. So I sometimes, see. you know, sometimes it, it works out, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, the guy who did the three Spider-Man movies did the most low budget, like super indie movies before um, getting to do Spider-Man. They just absolutely gave those to him. Mm-hmm. He did a, a movie with Kevin Bacon called Cop Car, which is the definition of a basically no budget film. It's a great movie, but to look is at that cop and go, car about a car that is a cop and arrests it's people. A, <laughs> it's a very weird superhero movie. It's a uh, they actually let a car join the police force. Like well, let's cut out the middleman. Why are we paying two people? You got to pay a guy to drive it. Let's just pay the car. Um, <laughs> It's it's about two runaways who steal a cop car and then a uh, cop is looking for them and the cop is actually a criminal. And it's oh, so well done. It's that so does sound brilliant. Good. But to watch I it, you wouldn't him. watch it and go, that's our Spider-Man director. Like mm-hmm. it's, Right. So there must be some kind of weird instinct that they have with these guys. Because that guy, those three Spider-Man movies are fantastic. Are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it'd be like, it, it'd be like watching like, Jim Jarmusch is Stranger Than Paradise and going, that's our next Star Wars director. That's <laughs> that's Return of the Jedi. Let's give it to him. Yeah. I mean, I thought she did an amazing job. I feel like it was just a huge, it's a huge story. Yeah. So feel, that feels like the hardest thing about mm-hmm. it is like, how do you whittle this down to a mere two hours and 38 minutes? And oh I don't God. think they should have. I think <laughs> it should have been longer. I think it should have been two movies. I, I yeah. kind of agree with Nicole. I, I agree it should have yeah. been two movies. Because yeah. it's such an epic premise, and I don't know if I like the movie. So, like, after I finished it, or midway through, I was like, I hate it. And then I finished <laughs> it, and I was like, no, I think I actually liked the idea, and I think I liked it, but it was just so condensed, and it was so, so dense with, like, information that I was like, no, oh boy, I think my head hurts a little bit. Maybe that's why I didn't like it. I don't yeah. I, yeah, I think it should have been two movies. Wow. All right. Um, should we get into our daily bugle? Womp, womp, boop, boop. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Oh my god, it's- I just remembered. You're talking about little indie directors doing big movies. Um, David Lynch was brought in to inter- to maybe do Return of the Jedi, but he turned it down. Whoa! Oh, interesting. That would have been cool. Yeah. That would have been a different he, movie. Yeah, he met with uh, Lucas, and he's like, I don't. Un-. And also, I think he was <laughs> gun shy because he had done Dune, which was a huge. Disaster, but I think it, I'm sure when he was talking to Luke, he's like, I he was talking about these Ewoks, so there's a, there's, a, there's a tall furry thing, but then there's a planet of small furry. I don't, I don't think I can do that. I'm gonna have to pass, George. <laughs> 
Okay, well, like here's our new segment, The Daily Bugle. We're giving a recap of what's going on in the MCU. Um, Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio will reunite as Daredevil and the Kingpin in the Disney Plus series Echo. I mean... Hell yes. Have we oh, seen good. those characters? We haven't seen those characters on our... Anything we've no, I haven't seen... You guys have not. No. Yes, no. Um, I have. I, I don't know. Echo is in... Um, uh, was in Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. Mm. Um, and Echo's a huge character in the comics. She's deaf and she um ha- she's like yeah. it's like another another version of Daredevil. And um and she and she was also huge because she was illustrated by an illustrator named David Mack, who is one of the most gorgeous comic book artists, uses like watercolors and oils. It's amazing art. Amazing art. Wow. Echo. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um Maybe I'll watch. I don't know. The fourth Captain America movie. Wait, there's going to be another. Oh, it's going to start Anthony Mackie. Oh, Heck yes. Yeah. AK, okay. As Sam Wilson, a.k.a. Captain America, it found its director, Julius Ona, who directed 2018, the 2018 film, The Cloverfield Paradox, uh, will take on the film. That's hmm. interesting. Okay. That's cool. I saw some tweets. Um, Leah, I feel like you you would know about this. Like the tweets with um, Chris Evans, where he was sort of correcting the Hollywood Reporter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the Hollywood Reporter (laughs) covered this and they chose for like a a poll quote for their just for their Twitter engagement, a very convoluted sentence that was like just really hesitant to admit that Sam Wilson is Captain America. So, yeah, it was a super odd phrasing. Yeah. And the role of Captain America within context in the article, it's fine, but isolated it seems very racist so anthony mackie Uh is is reprising his longtime marvel character of sam wilson but will not however portray wilson's longtime alter ego and captain america sidekick falcon you could just say it's like if you're doing a tweet like you should make it short and clear what you're trying to say so then chris evans wrote under it anthony mackie is captain america yeah and then they were like totally (laughs) <laughs> and, and by the way, the, <laughs> the whole series, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is brilliant, one of the best Marvel series they've done, is how Sam becomes Captain America. And it's so brilliantly done. And it's, again, really cool where they kind of point out that a lot of the stuff that we were cheering for in the Avengers and in Captain mm-hmm. America is kind of BS. It's imperialism and it's fascism and they and it's they go to some really weird dark places with that show that I couldn't believe that they did. And oh. there was a there was a Captain America before Captain America. There was a soldier that they tested out that worked, but he was African American. So they didn't want to make him to be Captain America. So instead they just used him as a guinea pig to test the stuff. And then they gave it to a a white guy and they talk about his story. And it is Oh, it's that's an amazing really series. interesting. And at the end of it, the end at the end episode, Sam becomes Anthony Mackie becomes Captain America, and and it's complete. It's so, it's such a great episode. So the cool. fact that Variety's like, oh, here's a weird twist. It's not a weird twist. They said they <laughs> spent six episodes setting that up. You and it was set up in the comics ten years ago. He's and been Captain America set up for a in decade. Endgame. It was set up oh. in Endgame. It's literally right the where end he's of like holding the thing, and yeah, he yep. goes, "This is yours yeah. now." Yeah. It's oh interesting. God. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I went off on that little rant, but my God. No, no. much deserved. <laughs> I think it was needed. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, they're doing right, another well, the Captain next... America movie. Yeah. 
Um, the next bit of news is that this is this is huge news, everyone. We don't know anything that we're talking about. Alden <laughs> Ironreich has joined the cast of Ironheart. I know Alden, but I don't know Ironheart. Ironheart yeah, is. Do you want me to say who Ironheart is? Please. Yeah. Sure. We've mentioned it a, a, a couple times. You'll, oh, we you'll, have. you'll, you'll remember. <laughs> It'll come back to you. Oh, no, I Googled and we are into this. This is a cool one. This is the 15-year-old. Oh, oh yeah. yes. New new Iron Man. She yeah. Ironheart. Yeah. Yes. Ironheart. Riri from the comics. Riri, who um, basically is, is this child prodigy that kind of laps Tony Stark and, and Tony Stark kind of is like, oh, you're actually building better tech than me. How about you just take this over? Like, it, it's this, yeah, you got this. And she's Iron Man now. That is very fun. I like it's that. Fun, I like the new generation. Start them young and you can keep them for years and 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 years. Because, you know, if you start them too old, they get too old. And then you got to kill them off. Next bit of news, Marvel unveiled a first look at Jamila Jamila Jamil as Titania in She-Hulk, She-Hulk Attorney at Law. That's See, fine. I'm glad you read that one because I almost said Titiana. <laughs> Titiana. <laughs> Titiana. Oh, is it, it? What did I say? No, what you said Titan- made you sense. Said it right. Titania. I did you said it right. Titania. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <You said> Titiana. <laughs> Titiana's funny, Lauren. Ooh, I love it. Titiana, Titiana. what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, God. She looks very cool. Yeah, mm. yeah. Titania is a kind of villain, kind of hero. Sort of walks Ooh. the line in the in the comics. Is married to Crusher Creel, the Absorbing Man, and um, so you I don't know, know if they'll have so much. I'm sorry, who, this is so sad. Who is wait Crusher Man? Wait, Crusher Crusher <laughs> Crusher Creel, uh, Crusher the Absorbing Creel. Man. Yeah, the, the he can any substance he touches, he can turn into that substance if he needs to. Like a like a kitchen counter. Yes, kind of. He could, if you want a night, if you want a night, his, his, his arm to look like beautiful Italian marble. There you go. Just have him touch your kitchen counter. Wow. I don't know why that's the first thing my brain went to, but I was like, that's fun. He's, maybe I'm tired. I'm like, I could rest if I just become a kitchen countertop. There you go. And people will cut things on me, and that's all. Um, speaking of being tired, should we take a break? Yeah. <laughs> Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your savings, and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, guess what? I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few tap, tap, taps. I love how my dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month's, so I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, they help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you, up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash newcomers. That's rocketmoney.com slash newcomers. Rocketmoney.com slash newcomers. 
If you are charmed by the Barbenheimer frenzy, love ranking the Mission Impossible films, or just an all-around movie fan, I have a podcast for you! New York Times critic Amy Nicholson and actor Paul Shear co-host the Unspooled podcast. Every Thursday, Paul and Amy unspool famous films to see if they are truly all-time classics. From the original 1984 Karate Kid to the most recent pictures like Dune, they cover it all. Be sure to listen to Unspooled wherever you get your podcasts okay we gotta get into this plot summary mm-hmm. we for sure do um all right i'll start yeah yes. the film opens with a scroll that i was already going oh no yes uh, i was upset explain. about it i was pretty upset that they were asking me to read i was like is this star wars again I, star What's wars happening? exactly um it explains that the eternals are immortal heroes from the planet olympia who serve the prime celestial arishem and protect intelligent life from creatures called deviants and i did go but i paused it and i read it and i took it in everyone so just out there Mm -hmm. just know that I did my best. Right, right, The scroll then teases that Eternals had an unwavering faith in Arashem until one mission led by the prime Eternal Ajax, Salma Hayek, changed everything. Ten Eternals, wait, I thought there was nine, arrive on Earth in the year 5000 BC. Ajax, Circe, oh, Akira, I couldn't, uh, (laughs) Icarus, (laughs) Icarus, Sprite, which I was like, why is Sprite a child? That just seems like a mean thing to call a child Sprite. Okay, Thathalos, Gigglemesh, Drooge, Makari, Kingo, why did I get this paragraph? And then Vina, in their spaceship called Damo, they land Mesopotamia and begin to eliminate the deviants. Okay, here's the thing. We go to Mesopotamia, and I could not believe how current those people looked. I was like, this is not, these are not ancient people. They look like they were just like found, you know, on, uh, I don't know, a casting site or something. I was like, they don't look old (laughs) and ancient. Yeah. You mean just like the the human beings under the makeup? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. They seemed present day. Yeah. I wanted them to look older. And then in the present day London, which I love to see, Mm -hmm. I, I wish more of the film took place there. Cersei works as a museum curator with her boyfriend, yeah. Dane Whitman, Kit Harrington, and they have a nice, cute flirtation. And after an earthquake mm-hmm. interrupts a class they're teaching, Cersei and Dane go out for Dane's birthday where Sprite meets up with them. And on the way home, they're attacked by a deviant. Icarus, Cersei's ex, arrives to help them fight it off. And Cersei tells Dane what she is and that her family has been holding in a holding pattern for centuries as the Eternals are not allowed to interfere in human conflict unless it involves deviants. Icarus tells Cersei and Sprite that they need to find the others, and Cersei says they should start with Ajax. I got to say, Dane, Dane takes this all in pretty, pretty like well. So he's fine. Like, oh, a deviant, got it. You're eternal, got it. I love you, and yeah. that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, he's super accepting, mm-hmm. and um, I thought he's a really. I liked his character a lot. Is does he believe that Sprite is Cersei's child? I think he thought Sprite was like her ward, like her, her, do you know, like she took care of Sprite, but not necessarily her child. Right. I think. I thought, I was like, what does he think is going on here? There were so many questions that I would have. Mm -hmm. Also Sprite turned into a woman, which he didn't see, but I mean, still in the bar, Sprite could, was looking like a woman, which I thought was also like, not cool. Like, I don't know. (laughs) That seemed weird. Well, Sprite is like trapped as a child, but can, make whatever Sprite wants to appear. So I'm like, why can't Sprite just project herself as a woman? Yeah, like always. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
Hmm. Okay. Um, well, well, flashback to ancient Babylon in 575 BC, where the Eternals continue to eliminate deviants. Ajax communicates with Arsham and keeps him updated on their progress. Arsham tells him not to become attached to humanity. At a party, the Eternals interact with humans in their own way, while Ajax encourages Icarus, ooh, I said it right, to find a life <laughs> outside. I thought this was pretty insulting. She was like, get a life outside of serving Arsham, and then tells Cersei how he feels. Then we see a montage of their millennia's long romance and marriage. This I was like for for me. Yeah, I like that. I think that. this is the first Marvel movie where people fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I think it I is like the their first relationship. Yeah. 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 yeah, they marketed the shit out of it, too. They made a big deal about how there's sex in this movie. <laughs> they wanted you to know. I liked it. I did, too. Um, and I thought that there, I liked seeing their relationship because she said they were together for like 5,000 years. Mm-hmm. And I liked seeing that. But I, uh, I didn't, I, you know... I also was really enjoying the present day with Dane. So I was kind of like, how long are we going to stay here? We do go back and forth a bit. So we go back mm-hmm. to the present day. Cersei arrives in South Dakota with Icarus and Sprite. And they find Ajax's body on the ground, apparently killed by a deviant who absorbed her healing powers. And the sphere inside Ajax that allows her to speak to Arsham emerges and attaches itself to Cersei. I was like, so you are all, pa- like, you're super powerful. And you went to South Dakota? Like, of all places to live? Why are they there? And also, it reminded me of the Avengers, one of them, where they're all in that house that Hawkeye lives in. Hawkeye, yeah, he lives out on a farm or something. Mm -hmm. It looked like that, and I was like, are they going there? And then they're not. They're Mm. just in South Dakota. Well, maybe, you know, again, Chloe Zhao's cinematography is so amazing at showing Mm -hmm. the the infinitude of, of even you know, basic everyday life. So maybe what they're saying there is that when, when you when you see the expanse of the universe, you crave a little patch of normalcy that you can just live mm. on and actually, you know, be it. it only, weirdly enough, it, it mirrors how when Thanos was done with the universe, he just wanted to live in a little house and, you know, make, just ha- not be connected with the everything. It's too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Which is pretty funny to be like, I murdered half of the world. Let me get in a little cottage and make myself <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> I just want a little me time. <laughs> just a yeah. me time to really me time. think about what I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, so we flash back to 1521 when the Spanish invasion on the Aztec capital of, uh-oh, Ten Chichumbla co- <laughs> coincides <laughs> with an attack on the last of the deviants. <laughs> Thena glitches and attacks the others. Ajax offers to wipe Thena's memory, but... You know, Glisham volunteers to look over her. Gilgamesh. Glisham. <laughs> Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh volunteers. To, honestly, it's spelt the way it's pronounced. All right. Gilgamesh volunteers to look over her, which I thought was very nice. Droog, am I saying that right? Druig? Druig? Druig. Frustrated with how he is. I'm not Druig, that's right. Oh, well. Druig is Lauren, right. Lauren corrected me, so thank you. I did you. help out with that one. <laughs> Um, he's unable to stop the conflict leaves Ajax releases the Eternals to go their own ways Um, I don't want to make enemies here um, but Angelina Jolie I really feel like before they started shooting made the choice to say she was never going to try one time in any take (laughs) and I say that (laughs) with like she has had an illustrious career she's I find her to be great she's beautiful but she does 
the least amount of acting I have ever seen in a movie. Okay, listen, I'm going to argue the opposite here. I think that was actually a pretty bold choice because they reveal later on, she's essentially the team's Hulk. Once she gets going, she starts killing everyone around her. So Mm. she is playing someone who is basically... She's living her life where she's just stepped on a landmine and she can't mm-hmm. take her foot off of it. Like that's kind of how she's playing oh. it. And it was it was actually a very oh. controlled. And it's a, you're right. It's a, it's a ballsy choice because a lot of people watch this and go, "Well, she's not doing anything. She is sitting on an atomic bomb the whole time." Oh, I that's guess you're right because when she does start fighting, she does like come alive. Okay. Right. Wow. And then has to go like, someone needs to stop me. Like, someone, you better mm-hmm. stop me. Yeah. I think that's why Gilgamesh is there. Gilgamesh is the one guy who can, like, shut her down and stop her from killing everybody. Mm-hmm. Wait, which Like, I felt, like, oh, happy giant to see guy. her. Mm-hmm. I feel like we don't see her in things enough. And so I was also just like, she's so stunning. It's like my, this is my toxic part of my brain that was like, she's so pretty. I don't care what she does. But then I just like <laughs> liked looking at her. Wow. So I was kind of more on that tip. But yeah, I mean, I just like seeing her. I like, I was excited when I saw her in the opening because I mm-hmm. didn't expect it. I had no idea who was in this. So it felt like kind of, I was like, whoa, she's in this? That seems crazy. And I, but then I was like, do her kids like Marvel? Is this why she's here? Like it felt, cause it did feel like, why is she doing this? But then right. when she did the fighting, she was so good at the fighting. She was really great. She like at goes the off. end, yeah. I really, or maybe it was like, I don't know. I don't know. At one point when she fights, Ic- what's his name? Uh, Icarus. Icarus. When she fights Icarus, I loved it. When she was yeah. like, I've always yeah. wanted to fight you. I was like, ooh, here we go. <laughs> that made me happy. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and then this next part was a part that I really enjoyed. So back in the present, Cersei, (laughs) Sprite, and Icarus find Kingo, who is played by Kumail Nanjiani, shooting a Bollywood film. He joins them with his valet, Karun Hamish Patel. I love that character. I love that character. So funny. So sweet. So sweet. And when... um, he thought that Kumel was uh, like a vampire and tried to stake him. That made me laugh so hard. And I just love their dynamic. Me too. And I liked this character that he was like living his life being a movie star. He could do anything. And he's spending it just like reinventing himself as different generations of the same uh, family acting in movies. Um, And and Kumail's character wants to shoot a documentary on the plane. So they find Gilgamesh (laughs) and Thena in Australia where a deviant has already attacked them. And the group reconnects over dinner. Cersei steps out and connects with Arsham. And she learns that the Eternals have been lied to. There is no planet Olympia. They're essentially robots whose minds are erased after they prepare a planet for the emergence of a new celestial, which destroys said planet. And the emergence of a celestial called Tiamat on Earth is about to is about to happen in a few days. See, okay, this made me so mad. I said, okay, so this big old thing made this mess, but then can't fix the mess that they made. So then it's like tormenting these Eternals who think that they're doing good, but then they're just cleaning up the mess the the thing that I was very upset. Yeah. Well, it, it, I thought it was really interesting where you, you think that, oh, I'm on the it's it, it's the it's a tale as old as time. I mm-hmm. I've been I've been tricked into this mission that I am convinced is this beautiful, holy chore. But it's actually I'm serving a very small, elite, powerful group and it's wiping out these innocents that they've made us fall in love with. Basically, they sold this to us as you're saving humanity. and you're But no, you're not. And then so there's they're brought to that moment of moral choice, which I thought was actually really cool. You know, mm, Patton, you keep changing my mind on things. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it, that's why, like, I thought Kumail's character, um, Kingo's 
story was kind of weirdly um, uh, poignant because it's almost like he felt like I've been trying to save these people for so long and I've realized I Mm -hmm. can't, but I can at least entertain them and give them a few moments of happiness before they're like, like there is something really beautiful about that, that I'm going to make movies and just make them happy. Like there's, there's value in that. I was like, okay. Yeah. I, I like that part when he was like, kind of like, I don't know. A lot of people depend on me. I need to finish it. And I think like some people watching would be like, oh, well, like an entitled actor or whatever. But I was like, I got that, that he was like, I can make people happy and I can help people that way. And I thought it was I thought that was like a really interesting part of the movie. I liked that part. Me too. And then I liked the private plane. I was like, (laughs) when do I get one? (laughs) Uh, So disillusioned, they find Druig in the Amazon village he has ruled over since the 16th century and asks if he can use his powers to put hmm, Tiamat to sleep. At night, the village is ambushed by deviants. To everyone's surprise, Cersei turns a deviant into a tree, something she has never been able to do uh Never been able to do sentient beings before. But Deviant Crow, Bill Sarsgaard, mm-hmm. I didn't know that was Bill. Good old Bill. Yeah. Uh, he, I feel like, has made a career. Wait, Bill Sarsgaard, is he the, the he's a clown he? in it, right? Yeah. Like, I yeah. Feel, yeah. He's, uh, he's made a career just like being not himself. You know what I mean? Like, I know. It's so interesting. How do you get into that? How do you get cast in that way? Yeah. Like, it's like the other guy who obviously I can't remember his name right now. Andy Serkis. Yes. Like, how does that become your thing? Like, I'm so curious about that. Okay, well, so Cersei and Icarus go to Chicago where Fastos lives with his new husband and young son. I loved this whole family dynamic. A flashback shows that Fastos gave up on humanity after the technology he gave them ultimately led to the creation of the atom bomb. And back in the present, his husband convinces him to go with Cersei and Icarus and fight for humanity if he can. I thought that was so sweet. Mm-hmm. And then they played I, that song, like, that yeah. sort of like 50s song about the world is ending if he's not here or whatever. It was just so cute. I thought that was great. I also really liked that all of the Eternals kind of had to be convinced by somebody else because they had just given up. And I I really, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot that it's like, and it's not like an unwilling hero. It's just like, I've done so much. I've been around so long. I can't do anything else. And someone's like, no, I see this in you. And I think you can do a little bit more. So I, yeah. I like, yeah. It. Yeah. And I could totally imagine being in their position and being like, I guess I'm a robot who has no memories. Why am I even mm-hmm. bothering right. with this? Yeah. So the group goes to Iraq where Damo is half buried. And then they find <laughs> McCary, who has stayed in the ship since the Eternal split up and has become a hoarder of human artifacts. <laughs> proposes they, they channel their energy into Druid to form a uni mind so he can take control of the Celestial and stop the emergence. But not everyone's on board with the plan. Flashback to a few days before the deviant attack in London. Icarus goes to visit Ajax in South Dakota. She tells him that the emergence is set to begin and that the blip, Nicole. I was so excited. (laughs) Specifically how how the Avengers fought for humanity caused her to lose her faith in Arashem. And Icarus then takes her to Alaska, where deviants have emerged from ice due to global warming, mm. and throws her down to them. He takes her body back to her home, staging it as a random attack. This was Ugh. a fucking twist. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see it coming. I yeah. was like, Icarus is nasty and bad. And I was so mad when he pushed her. I gasped audibly. I, I really didn't like it. 
Yeah. So back, yeah, the pushing, we've seen a few people get pushed off cliffs yes. and I always think like, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to say, Lauren, you fall off a cliff in the wrong Missy. Yeah. And to this day, it's one of the funniest yeah. things I've ever seen. <laughs> So it's especially you. your reaction afterward when you're just <laughs> your your face is mushed into the goddamn sand and you're giggling. It was the most psychotic. I just that it's made me so laugh funny. so hard. Thank that you're you. Giggling That's afterward. So nice. Oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> On my last day of shooting, I had to get inside of like a spinning sort of like get strapped in with my arms and legs in like a circle thing, like a oh, gyroscope yeah, yeah. or whatever it's called. And then be spun around in circles so they could capture my face as I'm flipping over in the tree. And I almost threw up and it was really I was like, I thought I was done shooting, and they're like, one more oh, thing. Oh my god. <laughs> oh wait that's truly that's insane and i didn't realize that's how they would shoot that you'd think in this day and age they'd have something a little bit easier yeah no it was literally that and that was really intense but i did it <laughs> yeah yeah take that de niro yeah. <laughs> um so back in the damo Am I saying that right? Who who knows? They send a Makari to find Titamat. Icarus tells him that he cannot go along with their plan and that he's known the mission for centuries. They do so. He killed Ajax. He leaves and Sprite goes with him. Kingo, unable to choose a side, leaves with Karun. The remaining Eternals get to work on a plan to stop the emergence and Fastos uses the sphere inside Cersei to amplify their power so they can create a Unimind. They arrive in the Indian Ocean where Druig attempts to connect with Tiamat, but Icarus attacks him. Makari, Thena, and Fastos take on Icarus so that Cersei can try to use her powers on Tiamat instead. And then Sprite attacks Cersei by projecting an illusion of Ajax and stabbing her in the back. Druid knocks her out and Cersei rejoins the group. And by the way, Cersei's my favorite character. I haven't said that yet. I like I Cersei too. And I feel yeah. like they said her name so much in the movie. And I was like, is yeah. this for me? So I pronounced well, also, right during the podcast. The, <laughs> the actress that plays her, Gemma, Gemma, Gemma Chan, Gemma, Gemma Chan, is such a movie star. She's like, she great. Just, yeah. Good lord! I know. Of course, 100%. they like made her a character. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. amazing. She's really yeah. great. I love her. Meanwhile, Crow fights Thena. Uh, he pretends to be Gil Gilgamesh, but like what? Close enough. Okay, but she resists and overpowers him. Fastos restrains Icarus, but he escapes and reaches Cersei. He almost kills her, but he can't bring himself to do it. The Unimind activates and amplifies Cersei's powers so she can turn the Celestial into marble. Guilt-ridden, Icarus flies into the sun. That's the one thing I know about Icarus. He flew too close yep. to the sun. Exactly. Oh, really? Well, didn't fly I mean, like the, into it, the, but he flew too close. Mm. Well, like that's like ancient Greek mythology, not ah, this, yeah. but it's the same name. Marvel so seems uses, to borrow a lot from like Greek yeah. mythology. Well, but they're also suggesting that because these things have been there eternally, their names have now fallen into our um, folklore. So Icarus is from Greek myth. Gilgamesh mm-hmm. is from Babylonian myth. So there's all, you know, the Epic of Gilgamesh. So they're like, oh, that's where we got the names of these stories or people encountered these beings couldn't process it, so wrote stories about it instead. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. It is, it is wild, though, because then there's also, so. like, Thor and Hercules and Odin, who are just guys. Mm-hmm. In, so it's it's an yeah. interesting, like, combination exactly. of real person and person turned into myth. Oh, that's a good way to think. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, that's, there's just somewhere, well, there's the Pantheon, and then there's, the, well, they influence the Pantheon, but they're not actually those people. 
Yeah. Mm. I didn't mm. want to spoil Love Weird. and Thunder. Right. I almost spoiled well, Love and Thunder, but I don't want to. <laughs> you'll you'll see. I don't Oh yeah. You couldn't spoil Careful. it. You know I won't remember a thing. <laughs> but someone out there might. Um <laughs> So Cersei uses the last of her amplified power to turn Sprite into a human so that she can experience what it's like to grow up. And two weeks later, Thana, Makari, and Druig depart in the Domo to recruit more Eternals to their cause. In London, Kingo takes Sprite to start school. All seems well, but while Cersei is out in the park with Dane, she's abducted by Arashem. The Celestial tells her, Fastos and Kingo, that he wants to evaluate their memories for judgment. And then we have a mid-credits scene. Oh, please go ahead. No, no, no. I thought it was wild that he, like, raptured them up. And then I was like, this feels like a blip again. And I was happy. Uh, <laughs> Nicole really loves the blip. She wants the blip. She loves to that blip. <laughs> that blip, man. It's just so interesting to me. Yeah. I was going to bounce through these mid and post credit yeah, scenes. Do it. So we can Go just for it. Go right ahead. So in a mid credit scene, Dane returns to the museum and opens a case containing an ancient enchanted sword belonging to his ancestors, but is caught off guard by a mysterious off-screen voice, Blade, played by Mahershala Ali, as we said. And in a post credit scene, the three Eternals on the Domo notice that Cersei, Fastos, and Kingo are missing. They are then visited by Eros, Harry Styles, Thanos' brother, and his troll companion, Pip, Patton Oswalt, who's here with us today. And Eros reveals that Hello. he knows where they can find their allies. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our movie. That's the movie. A lot happens. Okay, here's oh, yeah. a question about Eros. All right. So Eros is Thanos' brother. Is he, like, chill with what Thanos did? Or do they not speak? No, he, he is estranged from Thanos. Thanos was a weird, like, was born into that family and then rejected them and went off to become a, it's like, it's like the black sheep of the family. Mm -hmm. In this case, the purple sheep. But he uh, (laughs) went off to become the mad god, the mad titan. Um, And then uh, Eros is uh, Star Fox. That was his name in the comics, Star Fox. Oh. Yeah, yeah. because the dude's a a fox. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. We're on board. I like that. Yeah. So then I, I assume that he and Pip the Troll, Pip the Troll was a long time ago, was an eternal. I think he still is, but something happened where he was turned into this weird troll-like looking thing. Um, and he's actually come to accept it. He has a that stein that he carries. He can make any alcohol appear in it. And he, ba- and he can do like weird spells and stuff like that. And he basically just spends his life crocked um, trying to help out good people. <laughs> he's a chaotic good drunk. Mm-hmm. For that role, did you have to physically do anything with like a green screen or was it all just audio, like voiceover or how did you do it? I wore, I had to wear a motion capture suit and then I had to sit on a, one of those office chairs with the wheels on it. They took the back off so I could zip around so my eyeline would be right. And, but that there's, there's, there's photos of me and of Harry Styles and I coming down that hallway and I'm in my motion with that thing that, you know, films my face with all the dots on it. And, you know, it was, it was. Angelina and Harry and I and 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 the rest of them were all in that ship talking and there cool. you go. Yeah. That's, that's fun. So yeah, I was I think I posted a picture on Twitter. I'll send mm-hmm. I'll send one to one of you guys. You can post it for this thing, but it's me like in my little thing. I love that's that. Cool. That's so cool. I have yeah. a question that I'm sure everyone has uh, has asked. What's Angelina Jolie like? Is she down to earth <laughs> and nice and kind? Does she, she smile? Is very nice, very down to earth. I'm, and I'm not making anything up. She was very chill, talking to everybody, um, talking about their experience because they filmed the they filmed this thing all over the world. So they were in some mm-hmm. really odd places where she was like, "We were in this place. I think it was either in Africa or South America, but it's like 
all the design, all the decor had frozen in like the early 80s. So it's like you're in this new wave paradise. It was so odd. I forgot the place she was describing, but she's just, a, you know, she's a she's a a, a very curious world traveler mm-hmm. and very yeah. and very chill to talk to. She would just and in between takes, she just sat in the chairs with everyone. She wasn't like, I'll be in my trailer. Let me know when everyone oh. else is on. like she would just sit there and have her granola bar and just talk. But everything. I was really hoping you were like, she backhanded me and I was on that <laughs> chair and I wheeled right <laughs> off a cliff. No, 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 no. Oh, she was, she could not have been cooler. Yeah. <laughs> Very chill. Um, so uh-huh. Eternals Good. was, this is the, our award section. It was not up for any major awards, but it was given the seal of authentic representation from the Rudderman Family Foundation for the portrayal Ooh. of Makari. The seal is given to films and television series that feature actors with disabilities and substantial speaking roles. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that M- Makari, the, the way that they handled Makari, um, again, it really played to Chloe Zhao's strengths because she's really good at, if you watch the writer, She's so good at filming faces and getting faces that are telling you what the person's thinking without talking. Mm-hmm. So th- th- I, that's why I think the scenes with Makari are very memorable and really pop. Yeah. Chloe knows how to capture that. And the woman who played her, Lauren, Lauren Rid- Ridloff, she's very, very good. I thought she did God, a she wonderful good. job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, the Amazing. film also won an outstanding film category in the outstanding film category at the Glad Media Awards, which is great. Oh, there you go. it uh, it grossed four hundred and two point one million at the box office and had the second largest opening weekend during the COVID pandemic for a Hollywood film. Guys, that's the wow. Oswald bump. That's the Oswald <laughs> bump in action right there. Once it gets out, man, you can just add another couple other zeros to the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the film saw mixed reviews from critics. Justin Chang of the L.A. Times sums up the mixed critical consensus by noting that Eternals is clearly one of the more interesting movies Marvel will ever make and hopefully the least interesting one Chloe Zhao will ever make. So that's that's an interesting mm. take. I mean, I have wow. seen No Bad Land and I loved it. She's got a very interesting mind. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait till you see The Rider. Go seek out yeah. The Rider. Oh, yeah, my God. That movie's amazing. It's called The Rider. Cool. Just go see it. You'll love it. Yeah. Uh, We need to take another break. Okay. Oh, boy. You know, when you get cornered by that aunt at a family gathering and you feel like you have to bend the truth, you know, the one that asks, when are you getting married? Did you get that promotion? Why haven't you moved out of the basement? Only for her to really just not listen to you and judge you and you got to grin and bear it with your family. You shouldn't feel that way when talking to a doctor about that rash that weirdly looks like your high school crush or that maybe you eat pizza one too many times a week or every day of the week. Enter ZocDoc, a place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable and actually actually listen to you. And we're not talking about a few. We're talking about tens of thousands of doctors, all with verified patient reviews, so you can make sure that the vibes are vibing before you meet IRL. With ZocDoc, you got more options than you know. Treat yourself... 
We all know that things in life, uh, they got to be a compromise sometimes, you know. But when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who used your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors that will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally no compromises when it comes to ZocDoc. You've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and a website where you can search to compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doctor you like, you can book them immediately. We're talking about booking appointments with tens of thousands top-rated patient-reviewed credible doctors and specialists. If I needed this product, that's what I would use. Go to ZocDoc.com slash newcomers and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash newcomers. ZocDoc.com slash newcomers. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique, and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. And we're back. Um, let's hop into some trivia. So Lauren Ridloff's husband gave the main cast lessons in American Sign Language. Mm -hmm. Cool. I want to add something to that. He also consulted on, um, Hawkeye for Echo. Oh, I love that. And I assume we'll do the Echo series as well. Yeah. And he was there. She was there that day. So we, she would, I would talk with her. No, no. I don't know if he was there, but she had an interpreter, but we could talk. We were talking about, you know life on the road and movie stuff. She's a really smart, interesting person. Cool. Um, Chloe Zhao mostly skipped using green screen sets for the movie, opting for natural ah. locations and outdoor lighting. Yep. According to IMDb.com, the beach battle scene proved to be challenging for this reason, and the incoming tide interrupted filming, and the crew even lost equipment that sometimes floated back out to them days later. Well, at least the ocean gave it back. The ocean returned it. <laughs> oh, Mother Ocean. <laughs> the circular designs on the Eternals outfits were inspired by Astrolabs, ancient stargazing devices. It reminded me of Doctor Strangey things, so I liked oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. The little, mm-hmm. This is the first MCU film since 2008's The Incredible Hulk to receive a PG-13 rating for sexual content and violence. Oh, mm. interesting. Well, there's a long list of countries where Eternals has yet to be released. Oh, interesting. China because of Chloe's political statements about growing up in mainland China, Saudi mm-hmm. Arabia, Bahrain, and Oman due to the scenes of oh, Fal- Faustus and his husband, which Disney refused to cut. And Kuwait Good and for Qatar. Disney. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Because of the depiction of gods or prophets on film. Interesting. Wow. Wow. So you can't actually show the so hang on. Does that mean that um Thor Love and Thunder can't be released over there? Because Ooh, Zeus I don't know. Is in I it? know that they're refusing to release it oh. in a couple places also um for gay relationships, but I don't know about the God stuff. Interesting. Wow. Hmm. All right. Um one little trivia bit that you can 
tell us about is that according to CBR.com, Patton Oswalt has confirmed that he's ready for his eternal spinoff with Harry Styles. And there's a whole article. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying that uh, that, w- that was a prayer. I would absolutely do a spinoff with Harry Styles, but I don't I don't think that the, the adventures of uh, of, uh, <laughs> of uh, Pip and uh, Star Fox, that, that's going to be we'll, we'll be folded into the bigger Eternals narrative, I hope. I would watch it. All right, come on, man. Why not? Yeah. Um, here's a segment called Is Chris in This? Was a Chris <laughs> in this film? Honestly, no. Mm-hmm. No, no Chris. not a single. Not a single Chris. Patton, is there any Chris, Christine, Kristen, or somebody that you would put in this film? It could be anybody in the world. I I would either put Chris Maloney. Um, okay. As a as a deviant, he'd have a blast playing a deviant, or um, uh, Christina Ricci as um, like like a, a, a weird somewhere halfway between deviant and eternal. She's this you know beautiful um, next the next generation of what these things could be. Like she's the solution to all this fighting. She'd be. Amazing. I would love that. She's so cool. Me too. She looks like a special effect. She looks. So gorgeous and otherworldly mm-hmm. that she'd be amazing as that. Yeah. That's the most yeah. thought out answer I think we've had this, oh. <laughs> this, well, whole, this whole time. We almost always just say Christine Baranski. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you Broadway bitches. You just want your Baranski. Where's our Baranski? <laughs> our other segment is, is kissing this? You better believe there was hand-holding and kissing yes, and a little penetration. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I liked it, too. It was great. Just a little penetration. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> my one quibble with the final battle, this is my one quibble, is why I thought when... Um, Kumail's character went away. Liz, I can't deal with this. I'm leaving. I thought he would have his have his Han Solo showing mm. up at the last minute to help say like his his change of heart moment coming back and fighting. Yeah, yeah. I think I was expecting that too. Yeah. Um, but I liked his character a lot. I didn't know anything about Me it, too. and that was really fun. And it's like I've known Kumail as a stand up since like, I was like 19 in Chicago watching mm-hmm. him on stage, and so it's so cool to see him in this and be like, wow, yeah. he's a freaking superhero. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Um, Okay, now time for our segment, Five Stark Industries, where we read positive reviews of our own podcast. (laughs) Um, This one is called, it's from El Ray Ray, and it's called Absolutely Cackling. I'm cackling like a psycho on the bus, listening to y'all talk about the Hulk dildos. (laughs) My bus mates are giving me looks, and I don't care. You guys are the best. Can't wait for next week. Aw, thanks. That was nice. In addition Yay. to Apple reviews of newcomers, we're also reading reviews from Letterboxd. If you don't know what that is, <laughs> I'm not explaining it. <laughs> so here's a letterbox review by Ellie. Critics, this film is an elegant allegory of heroism, the God complex, and climate change. Me, cowboy Salma Hayek, yeehaw, bitch. That's funny to me. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> What is, Patton, what is your one-sentence review of this film, and what is your star rating? Well, my star rating is three and a half oh. uh, for Kumail not coming back at the end. Okay. And my um, my one-sentence, oh, my gosh. Um, oh, my one-sentence is, uh, the gods must be crazy. Oh. Ooh, that's, that's my one-sentence. Yeah. Lauren? I'm being clever, I, sorry. Uh, 
I like it. I would give okay. this film, I think I would give it three and a half as well. That feels solid to me. I enjoyed a lot of it. Um, but so my one sentence review is um, more London, more Dane. Give me the real relationships in 2021. <laughs> 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 um, I'm going to give it three stars. Three stars. My mm-hmm. one sentence review is, boy, oh boy, too much information. Um, and also, can we make these names a little easier? <laughs> well, okay. And please that's go it. rate that's us my on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. And thank you for listening this whole season because it is our finale. So thank you, yes. everyone, for for being here with us as our as we journeyed through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Patton, thank you for joining us. Is there anything you would like to plug? Yes, thank you so much. Uh, my movie, I Love My Dad, will be in theaters Friday, August 5th. Also, you can hear me uh, on the new season of The Sandman on Netflix, Ooh. also premiering August 5th. My wow. voice will be in that. I play Matthew the Raven. Big day. That is yeah. delightful. I Thank love it. Thank you. I'm excited to see your new movie. It was written by James Mastriani, right? Am I? No. Morissini. Morissini. That's our friend. That's our friend. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I got, oh, that was just me getting confused because I was trying to remember. That oh, wasn't me okay, reading. Okay. Right, mm, right. But honestly, reading it, I'd probably get it wrong as well. <laughs> but I'm excited to see it. Yeah, anyway. I think you really, really like it. It's pretty brilliant. Um, we'll be back next week with a very special live episode filmed at Comic-Con in San Diego covering Lo- uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. Woo! See you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. was a HeadGum original.